you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Friends, as we join together today in worship, may we feel God's Spirit drawing us together. May we know that we are part of community and that God is always leading us. Come, let us worship. A couple of announcements for today. Please note that on Sunday, February 27th, will be our annual meeting. We're doing things a little differently this year. We are having a hybrid meeting with some people in person, as well as some people joining us by Zoom for the meeting and for voting. Um, the service will be integrated with the annual meeting. So it will be taking place at 10.30. If you are attending in person, please RSVP. Information about how to join by Zoom will be coming out shortly. The, the annual meeting and service will also be live streamed on um, Facebook Live and on YouTube, but if you want to vote, you either need to be here in person or on the Zoom uh, meeting. Also, please note that beginning on February 20th, we will be welcoming people back into the sanctuary to worship in person, following the same um, protocols we had before, um, reserving a spot and wearing a mask for the whole time, and also we'll be checking for proof of vaccination. And as we gather for worship, we start with our recognition of traditional territory, and our recognition today is an adaptation of the one used by Brandon University. We would like to begin by acknowledging that we are on Treaty 45 and a half. 
and that the land which, which we gather is the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabawaki nations, as well as Métis people. The First Nations communities that call this land home are the Saugeen First Nations and the Chippewas of Nawash First Nations. We pray that as we gather, as we mark this territory, that we may feel God's love leading us towards truth and reconciliation and right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship.
Friends, let us call one another to worship. The buzz of the world interrupts our lives and fills our ears. Call us into your way of life, O God. The complaints of others settle in our minds and cloud our vision. Lead us into your vision of life, O God. The cries of the poor, the oppressed, and the outcast pierce our hearts. Guide us in your example of living for others, O God. Fill our hearts, fill our e eyes, fill our ears with your love, O God. Let us be your hands and feet in the world, O God. Let us worship you together. And let us join together in prayer. Holy One, ever leading, ever empowering, as we gather to worship today, help us to feel your presence, discern the calling you give to us, and to live out our discipleship together. Amen. Minute for Mission, Choosing the Lesser Evil. Have you ever had to make a decision knowing that all the choices in front of you felt wrong somehow, as if you were caught between a rock and a hard place? Regardless of how righteous we might feel about our decisions, we choose lesser evils every day, hoping that we are choosing the lesser ones. The United Church's Lenten book and study guide, Lesser Evils, published by the United Church Publishing House, explores everyday dilemmas of seeking good while choosing the lesser evil from a Christian perspective. The collection of devotions and challenges all followers of Jesus to faithfully attempt to do and seek good in our actions and choices. We confront dilemmas every day. Do we wear a mask? Do we close in-person gatherings? Do we take this parking space? People are trying to work for good. There are a lot holier than now judgments going on these days. We wanted to write about making tough decisions. What's hopeful about this book is that faithfulness of the struggle, says editor Alita Smith. Your generosity through mission and service helps deepen the faith by lowering the cost of important faithful resources such as lesser evils and the accompanying book study webinar. Hosted online through United in Learning, the study runs every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and March 8, from March 8th to April 12th, 2022. What does it mean to be Christian in a time when we don't always feel good about the many choices before us, says Smith. When systems are broken and we are in those systems, how do we deal with it? Lesser evils is really for all of us coping with uncertainty. This book is about being faithful while wrestling with what's best. Our reading today is from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11 in the New International Version, and it happens to actually be one of my favorite stories in the Bible and directly reminded me of a TV show that was on a little while back called The Bible. I can actually recall the whole scene as I'm reading this scripture. Jesus calls his first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening for the word of God. He sat at the water's edge two of two boats, left there by fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to pull it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he was finished speaking, he said to Simon, pull out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, 
but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners from the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for the people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is a song about giving thanks each day. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the springing fresh from the The rains new fall, sounding from heaven, like the first new fall on the first grass. Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden, sprung in completeness, where is the make you catch people. May you hear the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. 
Between the ages of 11 and 13, one of the hobbies that I really enjoyed was fishing. We were living in Dorset at the time in Muskoka, and it was very easy for me to grab my pole and gear, walk down to the local marina at the channel and start fishing. I liked going there when it was quieter, and I'd spend an hour or two just fishing and relaxing. I also got pretty good at fishing at the time, and I caught a lot of fish, mostly rock bass, if you know your fish. One of the things I never got, though, was a good fishing story. There's a lot of people who love a good fishing story. The story of catching that big fish, which may or may not grow even bigger with the telling of the story. The adventures and misadventures with friends. The lucky lure that never failed or the one that got away. For some, there is nothing better than a good fishing story. It draws people in, it connects and inspires people, it brings joy. Today in our gospel reading, we hear a good fishing story. The story is told with energy and excitement. Did you see how many fish they caught? The people might say. I heard there was so many fish that it almost sank the boats. They needed two boats to draw it all in. And then the details get filled in. Well, they'd been fishing all night and were packing up when they went out when a person told them to. It was amazing. And then the shocking part of the story. Did you hear? They left all those fish behind. Today's gospel starts out as a fishing story and it becomes a call story. Simon, James, and John are fishers by trade. This is their livelihood. It's probably the trade that they were born into. Fishing was a difficult occupation. Fishers had to form collectives during that time in order to survive and to afford fish. Simon, James, and John are part of a shared collective. The Roman Empire at the time collected large fees from fishers and took large quotas of fish because of their assertion that all on the land and in the sea belong to Rome. Think about that for a moment. The money and fish that the people are forced to give up to Rome went to fund and feed the occupying empire and its army which brought hardship to the local people. Like most people in Jesus' time, debt was very common. And often people went, people made just enough to be sustained one day at a time. The Gospel of Luke emphasizes that not only do Simon, James, and John leave their livelihood and the life they know behind, but Luke points out that they also leave an abundant catch that would have made them comfortable and those who are part of the collective comfortable, even their community comfortable, at least in the short term.
Yet they did what was shocking. They walk away from it all in order to follow Jesus. Have you ever walked away from something good or comfortable or familiar or a dream that you had? Have you ever done something that shocked others but that you knew was the right decision and the right action for you? Maybe it was a move or a career change. Maybe it was leaving family or a partner. Maybe it was coming out, revealing a truth about yourself or daring to be honest with yourself and others. Maybe you made a big life change, giving up something that wasn't working for you or that was harmful you, maybe an addiction, maybe something else. Maybe you stayed. You stayed while others left. You took over the farm. You stayed home to care for family. You stayed in a job that you really didn't like in order to provide for others. You stayed in your town while others left because it was where you felt you belonged and maybe those who left didn't quite understand it. What gave you the strength to do this? What hopes and dreams did you hold on to tightly to step into that new life, that new way of being, that different way? For me, one of the big examples of this is my call to ministry. I knew that going into ministry would affect my life in pretty big ways. I knew it would challenge me and would not always be easy. It would lead me to moving away from my family, among other things. But the call that I felt, the call I felt to be a minister, the call I felt from God to lead people in celebrating God's presence in worship, to care for people, gave me the strength and the direction and the vision that I needed to make that change. When we think of calls, of call stories, it can be easy just to focus on the call of the disciples or the call of ministers, but each and every one of us is called, called by God. Notice that in our gospel reading today, Jesus uses the language of fishing as he calls Simon, James, and John. Their call to follow Jesus is both communal and personal. Jesus doesn't ask them to give up who they are. This is why Jesus says, you will fish for people. If they were farmers, agricultural language would have been used. Jesus calls them for who they are. They are called with all of their gifts and skills and experiences. We too are all called for who we are to discipleship. We are all called to walk the path of Christ and to live out our faith in our words and in our actions day in and day out. Not all calls require major life changes, moves or a new career or path. Christ calls us to discipleship right here, 
right now, where we are, who we are. Christ calls us in all of our strength and energy and excitement, and Christ calls us in all of our tiredness, our fatigue, our worries, our fears, and our frustrations. There's a beautiful moment in today's gospel reading when Jesus tells Simon to go out into the deep water where he's about to catch that abundance of fish. It's a beautiful moment in its honesty. Jesus tells Simon to go to the deeper water and Simon's response is very relatable. It's almost as if his shoulders slump and he sighs and he says, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught anything. But if you say so, our call, our call comes even in our places of fatigue and frustration, which is very good news when many of us are feeling worn down by this pandemic. The question isn't, are we called to discipleship, to follow in the way of Christ, to share the good news? The question is, what leads us and what sustains us? What gives us the courage and direction to follow our call? Simon, James, and John's call in the Gospel of Luke follows Jesus' teaching from Simon's boat. We don't know what he said from the boat that inspired Simon, James, and John to follow him, but there are some clues in the gospel. Just a short while earlier in the gospel, Jesus had entered the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth and caused quite the stir. He had sat down to teach as was the custom and had read from the scroll of Isaiah where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of God's favor. Then he had declared that the scripture was being fulfilled in the sight of the congregation. Therefore, we can imagine that Jesus talks about justice and equality and equity, about good news for those who are poor and struggling, about a new way of seeing and interacting in the world. We can imagine that he talks about radical love and the grace of God. We can imagine that what he says stirs the heart of those who hear and causes them to wonder and causes them to be empowered. Commentator Debbie Thomas reflects that the abundant catch that we hear of in this gospel reading points towards food security for all, justice for all, nurture for all. She writes, Jesus shows Simon what God's kingdom will look like when it's fully established. God's kingdom will suffer no empty nets, no empty tables, and no economic exploitation of any kind. God's kingdom will mean good news for all, meaning that if, meaning that if whatever we profess as Christians is not good news for all, it's not God. 
that abundant catch of fish gave Simon, James, and John a vision of what God is calling the world towards, the dream of God that Jesus is enacting. It is a world of justice, love, renewal, and restoration. It's a world, a world and a way of abundance where all, all can share in God's great love. And no one is exploited, rejected, indebted, or left out. It's a world, they will find out, where people are called to joyfully share, to be challenged to live a life where they love God and love neighbor as self, where the last are the first and the first are the last, where healing is found and systems of injustice and exploitation are overturned. This is the vision that empowers them and sustains them as they walk away from the abundant catch and all that they know in order to follow Jesus and live out their discipleship. Good fishing stories are not just about those who lived the story. Good fishing stories draw people together, even inspire. Call stories like the one we hear today draw us together and inspire us to hear our own call, to reflect on our own call and to live out our own calling. We are called with the same call of those first disciples. We are given the same vision to guide us and sustain us. We are called to join with Jesus in proclaiming the way of God alive in this world where all experience the abundance of life and justice and mercy and peace and love, healing and hope are present for all. We hold this deeper vision, God's dream for this world, and we continue the journey as we live out our discipleship right here and right now. So friends, let us say yes. Let us leave what we need to leave behind, hold on to the holy vision and be part of the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. Amen. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us join our hearts together as we offer our prayer. Eternal God, you are the maker of all of us, and we are your creation, people formed in your image as individuals, as community, formed and fed and furnished with understanding of who we are, of who you are, and who and whose we are. We worship you today in recognition of your calling, of your communicating, of your caring to invite us to share in your creative and healing work. We are here because we have heard you speak in us and through others. Help us, dear Lord, to ever respond to you and your invitation to your grace. God of all our moments, of our days and our nights, you speak and you act in the world around us, not only to call all people to you, but also to direct and guide us in the ways of healing and wholeness. Awaken us, Lord, to hear what you would say to us, Help us to open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to your presence. Help us to know when it is your voice we are hearing, 
and when it is our prejudices and desires to which we are paying heed. Lord, we pray that your church may rise up with renewed commitment in answering to your call, that your people may be instruments of your grace and love. We pray for those who consider themselves inadequate and dismiss or avoid your calling in their lives. Give them a new vision, a vision in which you are their strength and their hope. We pray for those who, in answering your call, must leave the known for the unknown, the oasis for the desert, the comfortable for the uncertain. Grant them courage and steadfast faith. We pray too today, O Lord, for those in want and need, for those of us and for the larger community who suffer in body or in soul. We remember before you all who are mourning the death of a loved one, all who are wrestling with medical decisions, all who are hungering for food and for justice, all who are longing for a warm place to lay their heads, all who are on the front lines of this pandemic, all who are wondering what tomorrow will bring, all who are struggling to make ends meet, and all others we name now in the silence of our hearts. We pray for the people of Ottawa today, for the people of the Ukraine. We join with churches throughout Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council in praying for Kilsyth Katie North Derby Pastoral Charge. We join with churches that are part of the World Council of Churches. As we join in the prayer cycle, we pray for Andorra, Italy, Malta, Portugal, San Marino, Spain, and Vatican City. Loving God, bless all with an abundant faith, a fruitful ministry, a joyful life. Bless us and all those who gather together to continue the work of Jesus, who come to heal, save, and deliver us all, in whose name we pray, remembering words that he taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty When you know your history and you preserve your history and you celebrate your history, then you have a very good chance of not repeating some of the mistakes of history. My name is Nancy Oliver McKenzie.
originally from Nova Scotia, came to Union United Church of Montreal for about the past 30 years, and I got quite involved in the history here. In 1902, there was a group created called the Colored Women's Club of Montreal, and they were the wives of porters, and they began a group to assist newcomers, Black newcomers to Canada, to Montreal. Black people of, of Montreal were not particularly comfortable in going into the churches that were already established here. So they met and decided to create their own church. And it was created in 1907, and it was called Union Congregational Church, and uh, which eventually became Union United Church in 1925. He's been a leader in many ways um, in terms of sanctuary and of refugees in terms of the boycotting of uh, South African products when Mandela was in jail. And that resulted in Mandela coming to Montreal to Union United Church in 1990, actually. And he spoke from the pulpit of Union United Church, which is one of our, our, our proudest moments in the church. The diversity is what makes it stronger. And I think it's what holds union together. Friends, as we conclude this time of worship, may we feel God's spirit ever leading us. May we feel the love of community holding us, that we may answer our call, live out our faith, and know that God is always with us. Let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen. <laughs>